Hi, Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Today's guest is Linda Albright. Welcome to our show, Linda. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Linda Albright is the Regional Director for the University of Texas College of Pharmacy Clerkship Programs in the Dallas-Fort Worth region and serves as a consultant pharmacist in ambulatory surgery centers. Imagine how busy she's been during the pandemic. A job like that can be very stressful, but guess what she does for fun? She plays with pets. She has dogs, cats, and a bearded dragon. But more than just playing with pets, as owner of Foxhorn Kennels, she has the opportunity to own, breed, groom, train, handle, and show dogs in competitions across the country, including the famous Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Linda, I see you as smart, honest, hardworking, meticulous, generous, competitive, and compassionate. How do you see yourself? Um, I see myself um, as a person of integrity. Um, I see myself as a person who's not afraid of hard work, um, a person who can persevere when the work gets hard, and I see myself as a lifelong learner. I love those things about you, and that's probably what's made you really good as a pharmacist and also really good as a dog show uh, competitor. So tell me how you got your first dog. Well, I never grew up with a dog, but I married um, my husband, John, and he had grown up in a dog family. They were terrier lovers. Um, I had a three-month-old Westie at my wedding. Um, That should have been a clue as to how my (laughs) life was going to go. Um, But we um, were living in an apartment in Grand Prairie, and in 1985, we got our first house uh, here in Grand Prairie, and my husband wanted a dog, and he wanted a wire fox terrier and one day he came in it was christmas time and he came in and he said um want to go shopping and this is my husband who doesn't like to shop and i thought that was weird okay sure we'll go shopping it was december 23rd so we went out to the six flags mall which of course is no more now (laughs) but we went there and we had a pet store there and um, we walked to the window and of course there was a cute little wire fox terrier in the window and he said you want to go in and look at it? And so we did. And, of course, a young lady came up that worked there and said, would you like to take it into back to the play area? I did not know, of course, that that person had been arranged by my husband to do just that. <laughs> we took the dog back in the back, and she was cuter than cute. And he looked at me, and he said, can we have her? And so what was I going to say? So um, they put the dog in a box that looks like a, a box lunch, mm-hmm. but a big and they put this little puppy in there, and she sat in my lap on the way home. And um, we named her Susie. Her official American Kennel Club name was Albrecht Susie Homemaker because she made our dog a home. That is so sweet. And what a great way to start. So was she um, a purebred? Yes, she was a purebred uh, wire fox terrier. And did you just have her as a pet, or did you think about showing her at all? We did not know the world of dog shows existed, and so we just had her as a pet, um, we, we loved her. Um, well, I didn't love her the first two years. No, because um, puppies, puppies are crazy. Puppies are crazy, <laughs> and um, wire fox carriers are even crazier. 
and she loved me and she wanted to be with me and so she ate everything that had to do with me oh, um, including textbooks from my of MBA course. mechanical pencils um, shoes my glasses oh, and no. um, and so um, the first two years were not good I sat down at a meeting at work and a friend of mine said how's it going and I just let go. I said, it is not going very well. This dog is driving me crazy. And, um, you know, God has a way of taking care of things. And it turned out this lady's parents had bred fox terriers for years. And she said, I can help you with that dog. What she really meant is she could help us. And so she trained us um, how to take care of dogs, including a water fox terrier. I've long suspected that that was how dog training worked, is that you train the handlers yes. as, as much as you train yes. the dogs. That's interesting. So what is it about wire fox terriers that you love? Um, they are uh, inquisitive. Um, they have a lot of spunk. They are joyful. Um, somebody said to me, um, wire fox terriers are the dog of December because they bring joy to the world. They, <laughs> they like everybody. Um, they don't always like other dogs, but they like all people that they meet. And your life is just not boring when you live with a wire fox terrier. Well, Olivia seems especially smart because she's winning all these trick classes. So um, when did you discover that dogs could do tricks? Or, well, or is that part of handling when you go to a show? You know, when you, when you go to a show, um, and what most people see on TV is called a confirmation show. The dogs are going around the ring. It is a lot harder than it looks. They don't just want to do that. And, of course, they have to stand and, and for the judge to go over them. And, um, and they have to move at certain times and in certain ways. And so what we learned um, is that there is a lot of work that goes into that. Um, and actually, the handler and the dog have to work as a team. And so that is very important um, that the handler and the dog learn to work together. And um, dogs are very intuitive. Um, if you move your shoulder to the left, that means one thing to them. If you move your shoulder to the right, it means another. You don't even realize you've moved your shoulder and your dog is doing something. Well, you've not been the only handler for the dogs that you've no, shown. Your daughter no. Christy also shows. So tell me how she got involved. Well, that's really how we got into dog showing. Um, Christy watched dog shows on TV, and she kept begging me to take her to a dog show. And in a weak moment, um, I gave in. And we actually went um, to the Texas Kennel Club. It was their 100th year show it was in Dallas and we went and we went to see the wire fox terriers because that's what Susie our pet was and we got to the ring and none of those dogs looked like our dog um, and we uh, quickly learned that it was because our dog had been clippered like you would clipper a poodle but to show them their hand strip and so the colors are much more vibrant the coat is truly wiry and when you are there with a little girl all of these people that were showing that were breeders um, attacked Christy and myself, and they wanted to give us a dog. And for a long time, if I came home from a dog show without a dog, I thought it was successful. <laughs> um, but eventually, um, we got the vicar, and that's where it all started. And Christy, um, Christy showed the vicar as a junior handler, and we paid a professional handler to teach us how to show um, dogs. Wow. So now you do your own handling, or do you still have a coach? Do you still have a professional? Um, I have, uh, I do some of my own handling. Um, mostly I show in the uh, obedience ring, 
Um, and then uh, some people that we met through showing border collies, they had a daughter that was a junior when Christy was a junior handler. And so we've become good friends with them. They live in Texarkana, and um, they have shown dogs forever. In fact, Bonnie um, is uh, over 65 and has shown border collies uh, and dogs since she was a child. So um, they are still my coaches. They show my dogs for me. Um, but every once in a while, I do have to go in the ring. That is interesting, because I would imagine that the dog would be most comfortable with you, um, but it's not difficult to hand off a dog to, to a professional handler? Um, some dogs it is, and some dogs it's not. Um, you're right. Most people, when they're using a handler to show their dog, the dog goes to live with them. And, and Christy uh, Pogo, that she showed at Westminster, was a client dog. Um, the first border collie she finished was a client dog, and those dogs lived with us for a time period so that that bond could be formed. But, um, you know, a lot of dogs are, are good, and if the handler is good, they can um, go in the ring and, and be successful. Many of our border collies, in fact, most of them live with Rachel and Bonnie, and so they're with them a lot um, as well. Wow, I don't even understand this. This is all new to me. So when I'm watching the Westminster Dog Show on TV, am I seeing the owners or am I seeing the handlers? Um, you're Most seeing, likely. You're seeing both. Okay. Um, and so you're going to see people who are um, the handlers. You're going to see people who are the owners showing the dogs. And you're going to see people who are the breeders showing the dogs. Oh, that's interesting. And so we've had several dogs that we've shown in the bred by class and when they're in the bred by class, um, the owner or, or the breeder has to be one of the ones who shows the dog. So you have bred dogs as well. I have. I have bred just uh, one litter of wires and one litter of border collies at my house. And then I've been a co-breeder with several litters that uh, Bonnie and Rachel have had. So do you own the male and the female or do you hire? Um, not necessarily. Um, in my case, I own the female both times, and um, and we bred to another male. Some of the border collies uh, that I have bred over the years, we've owned the male, uh, and some we've owned both the male and the female. And um, interestingly enough, people uh, freeze semen, and, and so there are some dog breedings that occur, and the two dogs are not in wow. the same room together, not in the same state together. And what would be the advantage of that? So you could breed to a dog... Um, that has some qualities that you want to get into your line. Um, if you breed too many of dogs that are closely related, um, you might end up with health issues. And so if you have a dog and you're looking to have a better front or a better tail set, you want to breed to a dog that has that, and that dog might be in Philadelphia, might be in the state of Washington, it might be in Germany or France. Wow, wow. that's amazing. That's really interesting. So what are some of the characteristics when you take your wire terriers into the ring? What are judges looking for? Well, there is a standard. Um, there's a standard for every breed, and there are uh, that standard typically talks about their coat. It talks about uh, their bone structure. It talks about their head. It talks about their eyes. It talks about their teeth and, and their bite. It talks about their gait. And so when the judge is there judging wire fox terriers, they have that standard in their mind, and they are looking for the dog in the ring that best typifies that standard. 
Does personality play into that at all? Or is that basically, uh, is that a different section of judging when the dogs are moving through the ring? Well, personality does play a part in it, especially for a wire fox terrier, because um, they are supposed to be up, they're supposed to be on, they're supposed to be excited when they see prey. And for a number of the terriers in the terrier group, they actually do something in the ring called sparring, where they'll bring two or three dogs out together, and those dogs should come to the tip of their toes and and be excited about seeing another dog. So for terriers, personality is everything. Wow, that's fun. Well, I can see why you would love that breed then. (laughs) Um, So tell me how uh, some of the places that you've been to. Well, we have shown dogs, I like to say, um, from Vermont to the state of Washington um, and everywhere in between. Wow. Um, And we've combined it with things. The girls went on a mission trip with the church uh, to Maine, and Christy found out that her friend Rachel was going to be showing um, the weekend following the mission trip in Vermont, and so she begged me to bring the vicar, who she was showing at the time, to Vermont so she could show in Vermont. So the vicar and I took a three-day drive from Texas um, to Maine, picked Christy up, the other kids got on the plane and came back to Texas, and we drove to Vermont. We drove um, from here to uh, Washington State to go to a terrier specialty. And along the way, um, I've tried, we would stop places. So Christy has seen a ton of the country, way more of the country than my other two daughters because we've been in that car with several dogs. Um, And I've put um, over uh, 200,000 miles on the three three (laughs) minivans. So, um, but you see so much more when you drive and you have, um, you make so many memories um, Mm -hmm. along the way. There's time for talking in the car. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've talked about a lot of things um, in the car. Um, And so those are some interesting places we've been, but we've been some very small places. We uh, have showed uh, a lot in Arkansas. We love Camden, Arkansas. We've showed there. We've showed in places in Texas, um, small cities in Texas, um, and um, in Colorado. So we've really seen a lot of the country, Owensboro, Kentucky, a lot of, lot of places. That's fun. So do the dogs travel well, or is that stressful for them? Um, you know, they usually get used to it. I start putting dogs in the car um, when they're very little. Olivia was in the car for the first time when she was six weeks old. Christy wanted to show at the Houston shows. Her, her dog, uh, Sly, Olivia's mom, uh, had just had puppies, and they were six weeks old, but she was showing client dogs and wanted to go, so mom uh, brought Sly, the mom, and the litter of five puppies, and we stayed in the La Quinta uh, oh while Christy went over to the dog show and showed every day. So I try to start them small, yeah. going into the car and getting used to that and being in a crate in the car, and, and thankfully, um, all of my dogs have not minded riding in the car that's um, wonderful so that's good but that's not true of all dogs i just have traveled with pets and it's never <laughs> gone well it's never gone well yes. every time you stop you're afraid they're going to get out or yes yeah, just... yes well and that is you know you have to be very careful and and that just increases when you have client dogs sure. because the dog is not your own right and so um that's really kind of scary but um we've never had any mishaps um and um have always had good traveler. Sly had a few issues um, when she started. Um, in fact, you could set your 
watch by it. About 15 minutes into the road, you'd hear bleh. Oh, no. And, um, but handlers are wonderful. Long-time handlers are wonderful. And a handler told me, give her ginger snaps before you put her in the car. Sprinkle chamomile baby powder on the bottom of the crate. And then put paper over it and put her in, the, in there. And the first time we did that, we made it from here. We were going to Beeville, Texas. And we made it from here to San Antonio before she threw up. Wow. Um, and pretty much after that, um, that's what we did. And she grew out of it. Well, it seems like we could all take a break right about now. Thanks for traveling with us on the Now I See podcast. We're so grateful for those of you who have been with us since the start of this journey, as well as all of you who have joined us along the way. I can think of several dog lovers who would like to hear this particular episode. Can't you? Let's let them know about it by sharing or reposting the link on our Facebook and Twitter pages. We'd also love to hear your pet stories, so leave us a comment while you're there. You can find us on Facebook at Kit McCarty, N-I-S, on Twitter at NowIC10, that's NowIC10, and at our site at NIS.media. Now, back to our show. So you've mentioned uh, throughout our conversation here, handlers and coaches and clients. I know you've met some interesting people along the way. Tell me, tell me some of them. Um, yes, you know, dog showing is very interesting. Um, a lot of handlers do very interesting things. A lot of them are school teachers because dog shows are typically a weekend thing, and so sure. they have weekends off. Um, many of them are hairstylists, and um, well, that makes sense. And that makes sense. <laughs> and they do your hair um, when you're at the show, so that's been. Um, kind of interesting um one of my favorite dog show memories and this involves handlers and judges um my handler was a great guy and he put up with so much and um handlers as we've mentioned um they they are willing to show dogs that don't live with them but they would prefer to show dogs that live with them but when we were showing the vicar we were trying to learn to groom him and so um we would bring the dog to the show and art would take him and so one day art said to me um came over to the the setup where we were set up with our dogs and he said what do you have on under that grooming jacket and I thought what is he asking me that for and I had on shorts and a and um, a top and he kind of made a face and he said well the judge today only puts up women and um and he said so you know I'm obviously not going to win today and I, I am a person of integrity as I've told you and I said you know what Art you show my dogs and you're going to take my dog in today just like you did yesterday and just like you're going to do tomorrow I didn't believe what he was saying. I thought, oh, that's crazy. So I go over to the ring, and this was the second day of a show, and the previous day, the majority of the handlers in the ring had been male. And when I went to the ring that day, the only person whose dog was being shown by male that day was mine. Wow. And so, um, so, and and handlers, um, they, you know, they're just, they're people. They're trying to do a job. And, um, and I remember more than one occasion where, um, when Christy was a junior, when you show terriers, a lot of the big time handlers show terriers. And these are people that have won Westminster and they would come and position themselves in front of Christy to block the judge's view of Christy's dog. Um, and that sounds bad, but that's how these people make a living. And, um, and we weren't making a living at it. 
And also it was a good lesson for Christy because that made her mad, and she said, next time I'm not going to do that to me. And so um, Christy learned a lot. We learned a lot. And some of those handlers that um, have done those kind of things to us, we now count as good friends. And one of those handlers who's won Westminster more than once, um, uh, I appreciate him so much because um, we were at a dog show in Dallas, and um, we were walking out, and so was he. We'd never met him. And he just struck up a conversation with Christy. And um, we got in the car, and she looked at me, and she said, Bill McFadden talked to me. <laughs> Ooh, <fat> girl. <laughs> and so, um, so at a show that I was at not too long ago where I was staying in a hotel and Bill McFadden was across the hall from me, I went out with Olivia to pull her crate and everything down. And he said, here, let me pull that. And so when we got down there, I called Christy, and I said, Bill McFadden, pull the Livia's crate. <laughs> so um, most handlers are just wonderful people. So is there a lot of shop talk behind the scenes? Do you oh. guys compare notes and talk oh, about? Yes. yes, there's a lot of shop talk. There's a lot of politics um, that that goes on. And um, and so, and there are even dog show magazines. Um, you pay to place ads and the judges all look at those. Um, wow. So that's another thing I had no idea mm-hmm. about. So, yes, there is a lot of shop talk, a lot of politics, um, people, um, you know, looking at whose dog is winning, winning what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, everything in life, there's politics. Of course. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were doing the grooming. Tell me how I got into that. So I was not doing the grooming. Christy was doing okay. the grooming. Um, I am a pharmacist. I count pills for a reason, um, and and I know the mechanics of the grooming, but I'm not an artist. And um, Art could take our dog where we had done the basic work and then present it for the ring. Christy has now learned to do that. And hand stripping of terriers is a lost art. There are not very many people who know how to do it and do it well. And so, um, and when you see those dogs at Westminster. Hours and hours of grooming have gone um, into making those dogs what they are. So describe hand scraping to me. What is that? So you can do it with just your finger. You can do it with your index finger and your thumb, and you take the outer coat and pull, and it comes out. And, um, and you do that on a regular basis. And in the wild, that hair would come out when they were running under the brush and the bushes. There are things called a stripping knife that helps you to do that. Um, and so it keeps the coat wiry and there is an undercoat, but it keeps the coat, uh, wiry. Um, sometimes it's a little bit wavy as well and it keeps the colors vibrant. So what we noticed that first time that we went to the show is that Susie's saddle, they typically have black on their uh, body. Her saddle was very gray and washed out and all of those dogs in the ring, it was very, very black. Um, now When you go in the show ring, there are not supposed to be any what they call prohibited substances on the dog. Um, I learned that lesson, too. We had read. You know, we read. We wanted to learn about doing this, and you weren't supposed to put these things on your dog. And so we were in San Antonio at a show, and the person um, sitting behind me, who I didn't know, they didn't know me either, they said, that one dog, they didn't even bathe it. Well, the dog she was talking about was my dog. Oh, of course I did bathe. We did bathe the dog, but we had not put white chalk on the dog. 
um, we had not put um, black moose on the black part of the dog. So our dog went in on natural, but the other dogs did not. And wow. so um, we learned if we wanted to do this, um, we were going to have to um, enhance our dog a little bit. And so, um, again, I'm a person of integrity. So it does seem like cheating. It does. It does. And so I was not going to um, to dye my dog, um, but we did learn that we had to chalk the dog. We learned how to use moose. But of course, if the du- judge touches your dog and black comes off on their hands, not good. Right. So you have to be able to do these things. Um, but um, all of those dogs that you see um, have had a little enhancement. <laughs> Just like any model. Just I like suppose. any model. That's right. I remember one time we went to the Texas State Fair and we were walking through the cattle pens and people were teasing the tails mm-hmm. of cows and spraying them with hairspray. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing, but everybody did it. So I yes. figured it must be important. Well, <laughs> it was the only way we were going to, you know, sure. even be able to compete. And so I, there are things that I draw the line at um, that I wouldn't do. Um, but if you don't put a little chalk and moose on your dog, um, and you know, I never knew how to put on uh, uh, eye uh, liner and mascara correctly until I showed dogs. Oh, that's so funny! <laughs> I suppose you could do a whole podcast on things I've learned from my yes. dog. Well, I never had a Sally Beauty card <laughs> until I had a dog. That's hilarious! <laughs> I didn't know they sold dog products there. Well, they don't. They sell that's people not. products, but you put them on your dog. That's hilarious. <laughs> So tell me some of the things that being uh, involved with dogs has taught you. Well, there's a lot of discipline involved in, in showing a dog. Um, there's a lot of hard work in showing a dog. There um, is a lot of sportsmanship. When you are in the ring, everybody congratulates the person who wins the breed. Um, and so, um, and, and one of the biggest lessons that, that we had to learn, Art told us, he said, take it back to the setup take it back to the setup so when things don't go the way you wish they had gone in the ring that's not the place to get mad mm-hmm. you go back to the setup and that's where you can can let it go um, so that was a very important important rule and and you do learn that that competition is important but friendship is important and um, one day we were in Houston and there were over 300, or excuse me, 3,000 dogs at this show in wow, Houston at the Reliance huge. Center. And um, one of the snack bars had a fire. And we had to evacuate the building. And 3,000 dogs. And it was amazing <laughs> how people worked together because a handler might have 20 dogs. You cannot walk out with 20 dogs. And so, but people like myself, we only had one dog. So it was amazing to see how people who had already been competing and were going to go back and compete in the ring work together um, to get 3,000 dogs out of the building to go stand in the Texas heat in July. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So dog showing is a family. And, you know, that's one of the things with COVID. I missed my other family, Mm -hmm. my dog show family, because a lot of dog shows were closed and shut down. Oh, I know that was hard. I know that was hard for a lot of people and a lot of reasons. Um, so what are some of the other things that you've learned from your dogs? Um, of course, dogs are, are very intuitive. And, um, you know, dogs are happy all the time. They're very forgiving. Um, they uh, have taught me to be forgiving. 
um, dogs are good listeners. They are. That's true. And and a lot of times dogs do the thing that we probably need to do the most, and that's listen and not say anything. And so uh, dogs have taught me about discipline, and they have helped me uh, every morning I get up and walk. Some of the mornings I don't feel like walking, but they're ready to go every day. I had one dog, Jesse. It didn't matter if it was raining, it was snowing, it was hot. Jesse wanted to go walk. And she was polite, and she'd let me sleep in a little bit, but then eventually I'd have two dog paws on my chest and a <laughs> face in my face saying it's time to walk. And so um, on those mornings when I might not feel like getting up, my dogs tell me it's worth getting up. Mm. That's sweet. I love that. So what's next for you? Well, you know, I have old dogs now, and I love old dogs. And, in fact, I've often said in retirement I just want to get about um, 10 acres and take in old dogs and just sit and rock them in my rocking chair. I'm not going to get 10 acres. I'm getting two and a half. Um, But I have old dogs, and so I'm enjoying old dogs right now. When those old dogs go over the Rainbow Bridge, which I don't want that to happen, but it will, my goal is to get um, a wire fox terrier and to be able to groom and show that myself. And I want to show it in confirmation and hopefully finish it as a champion. And then, because I've had so much fun doing obedience and trick dog and other things with Olivia, I'd like to do that with it as well. That's fun. So, dog rescue? Well, yes, I've been involved in dog rescue. And um, and so I've done that. I've helped in many ways. I've fostered um, several dogs. And, you know, there is nothing more rewarding take a dog somebody to put out and to love that dog and to find that dog a forever home mostly a forever home with somebody else but a few we weren't able to part with um i've also because i travel a lot i've been involved in transporting dogs uh, from one place to the other Um, i've done home visits um, to check out homes for people who want dogs and so um if you if you're around dogs long enough and you're involved in showing dogs um you know, rescue is part of that. So as we close out our show today, is there something that you'd like our listeners to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? Well, I, you know, dog snowing was something I didn't know anything about. And so, um, and it's brought a lot of fun and joy to my life. So I would encourage you to check out a dog show. You may only want to go and be a spectator, um, but you might uh, get the bug and get involved. And I think dog showing has helped me to um, be more confident in myself. Um, And Olivia's trick dog title, I was just going to watch. And some of my friends said, oh, you can do this. And um, I was scared, um, but I did it. And we came out um, with a trick dog title. I guess you did. So, um, you know, I guess the best way to say it is you can teach an old dog new tricks. And so don't be afraid. to step out. Well, if people want to continue this conversation with you, how can they get in touch with you? I have an email, and so they can uh, get in touch with my email, and I'll also provide you with some websites for the American Fox Terrier Club, the Wire Fox Terrier Club of the Central States, and even our local um, club. Okay. Thanks so much. Those, uh, that information will be included in our show notes. Thanks so much for uh, joining me in conversation today. Linda, this has been a lot of fun. It was great. I enjoyed it, too. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week.
Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty, NIS, on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon.